Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 1st of July 2012, entitled, When God Makes a Promise. And the Bible reading is taken from Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. All right, if you'd like to open your Bibles this evening, Genesis chapter 18. I'll invite you to stand with me to honor the reading of what we're going to use as our text verse for this evening, Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14. Then I'll let you sit back down. I'm going to read quite a few verses, but uh, let's, let's stand and read together the text that we'll be taking our thoughts from this evening in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14. God asked the question, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Father, we thank you this evening as we, Lord, have your word to look into once again. Lord, as we stop and try to recognize and realize what a blessing that that is, Lord, that it's been preserved right down through the centuries for us that we can have your word here this evening and have confidence of knowing Lord, that has been preserved for us. Thank you for your spirit that lives within. Lord, as we now look into your word for these next moments, we pray, Lord, that you would just take and speak to our hearts. Help us, Lord, to be able to, uh, to, to grasp from this something that would, uh, would help each and every one of us, Lord, to be uh, more like our Savior when we leave this place tonight. And we give you the praise for it in Christ's name. Amen and amen. A familiar story, but I'd like to look back and just give you a few thoughts this evening that, again, I hope and trust and pray will be an encouragement to you. Let's look back, and of course, this is not where the story begins by any means. Uh, When God first uh, uh, called Abraham uh, to pick up from his home everything that he knew, to head off not even knowing where that he was going, to trust God to, uh, to make that journey, and then, of course, all that God did through uh, Abraham. We, be, we look here in, in Genesis chapter 17. Uh, let's read a few of these verses as we skip down through here. It says, And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful. And I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generation for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. Now verses 9 through 14 pick up, and this shows us where the the circumcision was established as a, a sign of that Abrahamic covenant. Pick back up in verse 15, it says, And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, 
Thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is an hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Now the rest of this chapter, verses 20 through 27, we find God making a specific promise about Ishmael and the other nation that he will start from Ishmael. Picking back up in chapter 18, verse 1, and the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre and said unto, or sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lift up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on. Well, therefore ye come to your servant. And they said, So do, as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran into the herd, and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. They said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of woman, of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? The Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. May the Lord richly add his blessing to the reading of all of these words. Now, this is not the first time that God has made the promise to Abraham. We've said this has all been taking place, but this is a time when God comes and he's making a pretty grand promise here if you stop and look at all that he's promised him. As a matter of fact, it was a promise that if you were the one sitting there and somebody were making you that promise, there's a whole lot of levels that you might somehow doubt that it could even possibly be true. I mean, this is big. He's going to be a father. 
not just of a nation, but many nations, the Bible says. He's going to be very fruitful. Kings are going to come out of him and, and out of his wife, Sarah. God is going to be a, an everlasting God to him and to his seed with, a, with an everlasting covenant that will never come to an end. God's promised to give him the land of Canaan, that this is all going to come about by giving him, Abraham, who is 100 years old, and his wife, Sarah, who's 90 years old, this 100-year-old man and this 90-year-old woman are going to have a child. The Bible says she's already passed it. This naturally, physically is impossible. But this is the promise that God makes to Abraham. I want you to think about the simple thought this evening when God makes a promise. You know, I guess that there's not a one of us that haven't been let down by people's promises before. I'm sure that if I ask you if somebody ever promised you something that you thought was true, I mean, not something that was far-fetched like this, but something that you honestly thought was reasonable and true, and yet they didn't come through with that promise. Or what's even harder sometimes, have you ever made somebody a promise? And genuinely, it was something that was within your reach and within your realm, and yet for whatever reason, maybe totally unintentionally even, but you broke that promise. You see, People do break promises, and it should, of course, be part of our attitude and idea as a, as a Christian, as a child of God, that, you know, we shouldn't say anything. Let our yeas be our yeas and our nays our nays. What we say, the words we speak are very important. We should not, better not to make a vow than to make one and break it. It's better not to promise somebody something than to promise it and not fulfill it. But I want to ask you something. What about promises. I mean, when we live our lives, the Bible is just packed full of promises that are promises made by God himself. You know, how much can we count upon those promises? It is easy for us. I mean, it's very easy to say, oh yes, that's God's word and I believe it. But I'm saying, do we live our lives day by day? Do we make our choices and the decisions that we make because we really believe, and as we just sang a while ago, we really stand on the promises of God? Or should we ask, not just can we count upon any promises, but can we count on the promises that God makes to us? I want us to consider three things about the promises of God, simply from this verse that's before us here this evening. Uh, something that I hope will help us to, uh, to think of God's promises in a different light, not just intellectually knowing that it's in the Bible and so therefore it's true. I mean living and making our choices and do the things we do because we really, really can count on God's promises. We know that they're there. You see, first of all, when God makes a promise, there is an essential question. An essential question, something that, that ought to have to be asked every time that we even think about one of God's promises. How confident was Abraham in God's promise? 
Well, he was pretty confident, wasn't he? What was it there in chapter 17 and verse 17? Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old and shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear? I mean, he's just having a laughing fit. This is the promise that's been made to him. Ha, oh, this is some kind of a joke. There is no way in the world that this can be real, that this can be genuine. And what about Sarah? What does she think about the promise of God that was made to her? You see, the Bible told us there in chapter 18 that she overheard the conversation that was taking place between God and Abraham from the tent door. And what was her reaction? Well, look in chapter 18, and we see exactly how she reacted there. Notice what it says in verse 11 and 12. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Now these are facts. They are both old people. 190 is not usually when most people start having children. It's not when they think about raising a family. The Bible says that, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. In other words, physically, she was past the age. It wasn't physically possible. Therefore, because of this, knowing how old they both were, knowing her own physical, I mean, she knew this. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? You got to be joking. Look at the two of us. See how old we are? You really genuinely think that something like this could really happen? I want you to notice that when she laughed, she laughed within herself. When Abraham fell on his face and laughed, he said, in his heart. You see, they were hearing this, but what was happening inside of them was very, very, very different. Sarah says, oh, come on now. Aren't we too old? Well, yes. From a human viewpoint, there is absolutely no question. There's facts. He is 100. She is 90. She's past childbearing age. There's no question about it. That's a very common and a very natural response. Well, you know, we're kind of past it. I really don't think something must be wrong here. But even though the answer to that may be yes, affirmative, no question about it. In the human viewpoint, you see, when God gets in the equation, human viewpoints go right out the window. And that's not easy because that human viewpoints that are there all the time and we're used to it. In our text in chapter 18, verse 14, God asked a question, and this is the essential question that we should be asking today. I don't care what it is that God promises us. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what everything else tells us that it should be. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything? God asked Abraham. They're laughing about this. They cannot take serious what God has promised. But God said, answer this, Abraham. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Those words, too hard. You see, they're looking at a condition of circumstances, circumstances that are too great for God. Sarah considered her age, and it just didn't make sense. 
She'd undoubtedly never heard of anybody 90 years old having a baby before. You see, in short, it is unbelief in what God says that causes us to reason from a human viewpoint. We naturally fall back on our human reasoning, the things that we feel and think as a human being. But let's remember, and let's look at the one that asked this question. This is the Lord himself that's asking this question. It's not just anybody. He's asking Abraham, okay, Abraham, you having trouble realizing that this is true? Answer this for me. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Do you believe that there is anything, any circumstance? Is there anything that he can't do? You know, we could turn over and we can find it and record it in a number of the Gospels, but Mary had pretty much the same feelings when that angel came to her and he told her that she was going to bear a son. And she was to call his name Jesus. And yet, she was a virgin. She had never known a man. She responded from a, from a human viewpoint. This is her words recorded in Luke chapter 1, verse 37. How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man, how in the world am I going to bear a child when I've never been with a man? You know what part of the angel's answer was? He told her a few things, but Luke chapter 1, verse 37. Here's his simple words. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. For with God, Mary I know it doesn't make sense. I know you've never known anybody else to have a baby this way. I know that it sounds totally, completely weird and out of this world that it could even imagine that it could happen. But Mary, this is God we're dealing with. This is God that we're talking about. God is in this equation. And with God, nothing shall be impossible. We find that when we think about the promises of God, when God makes a promise, we should consider this essential question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Folks, it's easy for us. Brother Steve, we can say it and we can talk it. We can say that this is God's word and we believe it and we're living it, but we don't live as if we believe it. We don't live it as if we genuinely believe that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Do we really? When God makes a promise, the essential question that should be asked is, Is anything? Too hard for the Lord. Is anything too hard for the Lord? You see, if you can answer that question honestly, I don't care what it is you're facing. I don't care what the circumstances are. I don't care what's surrounding it. I don't care what the natural human viewpoint says. Is anything too hard for the Lord? If you can answer that honestly and believe it, you know what? 
God's promises will take on a whole new meaning. When God makes a promise, there is an essential question to be asked. Is anything too hard for the Lord? But secondly, when God makes a promise, there is an established timing. Not only is there an essential question, there is an established timing. Notice the next word here, at the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. Now you'll find in our reading, if you were listening, those words came up a few times in our reading about this time of life. What in the world is that talk? At the time appointed. I'm going to come back. Look, Sarah, you're going to have a child. His name is going to be Isaac. Now at the time appointed, when he goes on to explain, according to the time of life, According to the time of life. Every one of you know what, what's according to the time of life. How long does it take for that baby to come? Nine months, isn't it? We find as we look through the scriptures, God has an actual time. Look, this is the promise. You're going to bear a son. That son at the appointed time, it's going to take nine months now for this to, to take place at the appointed time according to the time of life. In other words, He's saying, I'll return at the appointed time next year, Sarah, and you're going to have a son because God has promised it. You see, God's promises, unlike man's, suddenly here in this instance, is no longer vague. (laughs) It's no longer referring to some undetermined time that, well, it's not happened, but it can happen at some time. I'll be back next year, and you'll have a son. As we look at this text, look first that it was an appointed time. Sarah, she didn't almost have a miscarriage. She didn't have a tough time carrying this baby to term or anything like that. God had a predetermined plan. God told her she was going to have this child, And at the time appointed, he was going to return according to the time of life. Genesis 17, uh, 21 said, But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. In Genesis chapter 21 and verse 2, For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Too often, too often in the first place, we want everything on our timing, don't we? We want it when we want it, how we want it. With God's promises, it's his timing. That's important. With God, nothing is left to chance. Nothing just happens of its own accord. Nothing happens accidentally. With God, there is an established timing. God has a plan. God makes a promise. 
But that promise is not being promised to be fulfilled on our timing, just like the promise that he made to Abraham and to Sarah that this child was going to be, and it's going to be according to the time of life. It's going to be at the appointed time. I'm going to come back next year, and that son is going to be there according to God's timing that he had set for this to happen. You see, when God makes a promise, there is an essential question should be asked. We need to ask that question. Is anything, am I having trouble believing this? Am I having trouble standing upon this? Well, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is this too hard for the Lord? I know it doesn't make sense. Does that mean that God can't do it? I, I know that, I know that, you know, <laughs> there's just, there's just absolutely no way with God out of the equation, you may be absolutely right. But with God in the equation, is anything impossible with him? Is anything too hard for him? There is an essential question, and there is an established timing. Are you willing to let God do it on his timing? Are you willing to trust him? You see, when we're talking about the promises of God, when God makes a promise, then we need to remember is anything too hard for him? We need to remember that he made the promise. He has a set timing. He has an established timing for it. But I want you to remember something else thirdly. So many times, have you ever, uh, I know you wouldn't go and pay somebody your money, but maybe you've seen it flash across the TV or you've heard these people on the radio you know, there's people out there that will tell you your fortune if you want to know. They'll tell you your future. They'll tell you what's going to happen tomorrow and next week and next year and, and all these things about your life. You can go in and, and, and they can tell you all about the things in your past as well as the things in your future. And, and of course, so many of these things are so vague and they're so fishing as they, as they go along. But what I want you to realize is that there's nothing shady about the God's answers. There's nothing about his promises that leave us to our own whims, that maybe it'll happen this or what. See, he said here, what's going to happen? And Sarah shall have a son. The scripture said, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And when I do, when God's timing is there, Sarah shall have a son. You see, God's promises to Abraham, to his covenant, they could not have been more emphatic. He doesn't speak in vague terms of uncertainties. When God makes a promise... It's an emphatic answer. He makes himself very clear. Every promise that he has ever made, they are emphatically true. He cannot lie, and he cannot fail. You see, we can take God at his word. He doesn't stutter, and he doesn't beat around the bush. We have his word. We have the most precious thing that we could ever hope to own right there in our hands. And yet it does 
too often in too many homes more dust collecting than it does anything else. The promises of God, when God makes a promise. You see, when God makes a promise, we need to get rid of those human viewpoints. Abraham and Sarah struggled with that. As we look at them and the promise that God had made to them, and we notice that from their human viewpoint, first of all, it seemed impossible. There's no way. God, are you forgetting how old we are? Are you forgetting what condition my body is in now? Lord, something isn't right here. Seemed impossible. Luke chapter 18, verse 27, and he, the he here is Jesus, and Jesus said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. The things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Do we believe that? You see, that in itself is a promise of God. Do we really believe that? Are we going to look at things? Are we going to look at the situations? Are we going to look at the circumstances? And are we, from the human viewpoint, going to decide as they initially started to, that's impossible. That is impossible. Well, God says that Things are impossible with men, but they are possible with God. Some would say it was irrational. <laughs> You're not thinking very rational if you really, really believe that that could happen. Well, I have to admit to you from a human viewpoint, it would be pretty irrational to think that that 100-year-old man and that 90-year-old lady were going to bear a child. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Yep, it may seem impossible. As a matter of fact, on a human level, it might be totally impossible but just because it's impossible with men doesn't mean it's impossible with God. It might seem totally irrational. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust him with all your heart. Abraham said, but God, look, there's a whole lot easier way to go about this. There's another way to accomplish this. In Genesis 17, 8 and 17 and 18, and Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. God, I've already got this other one over here, this Ishmael, this one that I had by somebody else besides my wife. Can't we just do this through him? Doesn't that make more sense? You want him to pass this down to, to, to my seed? Didn't You see, sometimes from the human viewpoint, we want to look around for another way to do it a way that seems more rational and makes more sense to us. One of the believer's biggest challenges is to believe what God says when what God says, Brother Steve, contradicts all human reasoning. You see, we want it to fit with society too easily. 
rather than just accepting what God says for what God says. It's a challenge for us to believe what God says when it just isn't reasonable. You know, the very first verse in the Bible, by man's intellect today, there are many people that reject that verse. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Simple statement, isn't it? Very simple statement. But in human reasoning, many people try to reason that away. It just doesn't make sense. They're just not willing to accept that. Many, even of our religious leaders of today, you see, from a human viewpoint, Brother Steve, they've got to find some other answer for the parting of the Red Sea. You know, there's, there's, there's got to be another answer for it. The water wasn't that deep there. There was some kind of a natural uh, something that took place that brought it about because they can't believe that, that God actually used this man called Moses, actually just part the water like that. Of course, one of the greatest truths in all the world, when intellectual wisdom comes to Jesus dying on the cross, being put in a tomb, and then rising from the dead three days later. That's not rational thinking. You got to come up with something better than that to suit man's intellect. You know, maybe he was just in some kind of a coma or some kind of an unconscious state. And maybe somebody come and stole his body while he was in there. I mean, we got to come up with something else because it's just not rational to think that that was God in the flesh that that tomb was empty on the third day because he had raised from the dead. Did you note how that God dealt with Sarah? You know, when God had told and made this promise, and oh, she had laughed about it. She had laughed about it. She thought, this can't be serious at all. God didn't get out the whip. <laughs> he didn't start thrashing her because that. She didn't believe it. God helped her in her unbelief. He strengthened her in her faith. You know what God did after helping strengthen her in her faith? I like what he said about her then in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. Through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Why? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. <laughs> because she judged him faithful who had promised. Folks, life stinks sometimes. Life is unfair a lot of times. Life is tough sometimes. Sometimes, you know, it just, you know, it just... It's just not right, God. You know, I'm, I'm trying so hard and this goes wrong and, and that goes wrong and nothing seems to come together like it's, like it's supposed to. Life is tough. The problem is, is that we make it so much tougher for ourselves by living too much 
on that human viewpoint, seeing everything from our viewpoint instead of seeing it from God's viewpoint. How much more? I mean, how much is it really going to bother you tomorrow if that circumstance doesn't change? If you end up having, a, you know, the most horrible day, that you, how much is it really going to affect you if you genuinely believe him faithful? This made every promise to you in here. I'll guarantee you, whatever your circumstance, whatever your problem, he has an answer for it. He has an answer for it. That's not trying to be super spiritual, folks. That's just God has given us a life, and it's a real life, and he tells us it's going to be tough in this life. But he gives us what we need to be able to live that life. The problem is we've got to get off. We've got to get off of this human-level viewpoint of seeing things through our eyes. When God makes a promise, there's an essential question that needs to be asked. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Are you having trouble believing it, grasping it? God said, is anything too hard for the Lord? Do you really believe that I can't handle that? When God makes a promise, there's an established timing. Don't doubt him just because it's not on your timing. God isn't vague. God is clear. God has a plan. Nothing is impossible with him. God's timing will be right. When he makes a promise, there is an emphatic answer. He won't beat around the bush, and it's always the right answer, Brother Steve. He'd never give you the wrong answer, and his answers are clear. You know, whatever that you need in your life right now, there's a wonderful, wonderful promise in John chapter 6, verse 37. Jesus said, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And notice this next part. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. I will in no wise cast out. You know, God in the person of Jesus, has made this promise to you. He's promised that he'd never cast you out. You know, he won't turn you away if you genuinely need salvation this evening. But you know, as a child of God, if you come to him, he's there. He's always there. You're never without him. But we all have a problem we all have so much humanness here, and we try to look at it from that viewpoint when God makes a promise this evening. If you're struggling with it, if you're having trouble applying it, ask yourself that essential question. Do I really believe that there's anything that's too hard for him? Do I believe that God can handle it? Do I really believe that it's too big for him to, to sort out, or can he handle it? God doesn't work by chance, coincidence. His timing is perfect, and he's always emphatic in the way that he answers it. He won't beat around the bush. He'll be clear. He'll be concise. He will do exactly what he says that he'll do. He'll do it the way that he says that he'll do it. Father, we thank you this evening. Lord, we know that most of us probably know the story of Abraham and Sarah 
even right back to Sunday school if we were in Sunday school. Lord, this is not a new story to us this evening, but I thank you, Lord, that even in a story that I've read many times and heard many times that, Lord, in this verse, you spoke to this preacher's heart and you challenged me, Lord, because too many times I'm as guilty as anybody of just living too much of my life from a human viewpoint. Lord, we need to be living from a spiritual viewpoint. We need to be looking at things from your viewpoint. We need to be living our lives as if we really believe these promises, standing upon those promises, claiming those promises for our life, not letting the devil beat us down with a bunch of lies. He is a liar, and he's the father of it. Lord, I pray this evening, Lord, that whatever that people might be struggling in their lives, whatever they might be going through, help them to take this and to realize Well, when God makes a promise, they can stand on it. They can count on it. Lord, we're looking forward to one other great promise that you've made to us. Lord, that's that you're coming back for us, that you've prepared a place for us. One day we're going to be away from all this human viewpoint altogether. We'll be seeing it from a heavenly viewpoint with you. Father, I pray that you just take, speak to hearts as only you can. We give you the praise and thanks for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.